Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of Because I Have a Live Mic here on Fluent Radio. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the new year, or maybe not, because December 37, 2020 was a fun episode. Was a, was a fun day in time. Uh, 2021 has started off very interesting. We had a run up in the uh, Capitol building. And honestly, that's the, that's the highlight of the year, of the year right there. Like once you decide, you know what, let's run up on a Capitol building. That's 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 OK. And then that's not that's something new completely. We still got a great show for you. We're going to talk about the NFL playoffs, the NBA possibly going back to a bubble. Uh, we're also going to talk about um, car- the coaches in carousel going around right now and where I think the hottest free agent coach right now, Eric Bieniemy, should go. So we're going to go there. So we have a whole show for you. Can't wait. But we're going to start off with something because I'm really impressed by this. Um, right now, the NFL playoffs have actually been really good. Like, I was a little concerned because I didn't know how the NFL playoffs were going to go in this, you know, in a coronavirus league right now. right? Because a lot of people have um, said that in, like, the last few games that the NFL hasn't been as popular, but again, it went from number one to number one. If you still look at the league, right? Look at ratings and stuff. But right now, when it comes to the playoffs, I think it's still very much hot because now it's all the elite teams, right? Like it's all the, you know, actually good teams in playing right now. And like last night, the best two games were the um, Bills and the Col- Bills and the Colts and Washington and um, Tampa Bay, like, right. And, I'll get to the Bills and Colts because I didn't because I was that's that's the outcome that I expected. But the um, Washington and Tampa Bay game was very was actually very good, right? Like you have the backup to the backup playing in, uh, Heineke, right? Like who actually took it to Tampa Bay, right? Like and Tampa Bay's defense may not be as good as a lot of people think it is, right? Like it's not as epic as a lot of people like to make it out to be, but they're still a very good defense, right? But and they took it to. Washington, right? Like, and Taylor Heineke did not blink, right? Like, he balled like he never balled before, right? And he took it to Tom Brady and almost won in certain spots, right? Like, you can tell, like, where it came to where you needed, like, a, a veteran quarterback in the situation in those last four drives. Not so much four drives, those last uh, four downs in the game where he ended up taking the sack in a bad situation and putting himself in a worse situation on fourth and, like, 21. So, that was the spot where you can see it. But if I am Tampa Bay, I am not super stoked about what I had to go through, right? Like, because you have this essential, you know, third-string you know, third quarterback playing right there. And then when um you take it, you take he takes it to you, right? Like, he takes it to you. He takes it, you know, you have to go 15 rounds with him. And you get the decision, but it's not by knockout, right? Like, you look at after that, it only gets better teams, right? Like, it depends on depending on who wins, depending on who wins, depending on where the seating lies. If the, if the Bears win, then they get um, Jared Goff. But if they if the Saints win, they get New Orleans, which, again, if you look at New Orleans, they not only beat you, they beat the brakes off you twice. So it's very, you know, up and down right now. So it depends on where you go. And if I'm Tampa Bay, I'm kind of looking like, Ugh, I don't know where it's going to be. And if I'm Washington and I'm just thinking, like, and I've seen a lot of people say, like, oh, my gosh, you know, if they would have started Taylor Heineke from the beginning of the year, it would have never, they would have never had to worry about playing, you know, the NFCs. They would have wanted, better. like, no, like, calm down, right? Like, people like to say that, again, you live in the moment, right? Like, it, he looked great at that time frame. He looked good, but he's not, like, 
can he do that consistently? That's my issue, right? Like you saw when the chips were down and they needed him to make a play. Not that he didn't make a play. It's just that he made very bad decisions at the time. So right now it's just very looking like, okay, we got to, you know, they Washington needs to figure out some things just on itself because it's Washington and Lord only knows that have all the trouble with them. So Washington needs to figure it out. So, and the bills, but the bills in the Colts game, that game was actually good, right? Like again, it's, I wanted to prefer this because a lot of people have quote unquote called me a Josh Allen hater. I've never said that Josh Allen was bad. I've used him as an example of if you let people develop, you can get a you can get what Josh Allen has become now. Because Josh Allen said, Josh Allen, unlike a lot of people, went back, looked at the tape, and said, "Ooh, I, I'm kind of bad at this deep and intermediate route. Let me work on that." And then he worked on it, and he got better, as you see. Also, it helps when you go get a receiver the level of Stephon Diggs, right? Like you look at Stephon Diggs and how him alone have elevated that team, right? A lot of people said that Stephon Diggs wasn't the number one receiver, right? Like in Minnesota, people were still picking um, Alan Thielen over Stephon Diggs. And he left and a lot of people did not think he was going to be the number one receiver. And he ended up leading the league in reception, in uh, receiving yards, right? So when you look at that, he ended up leading the league in receiving yards. He ended up being the best receiver this year along with Josh Allen improving, right? Like he made – Josh Allen actually made that team better. So when you look at it through those lenses, like, yeah, Josh Allen got better, right? Like in that defense, who, again, still kind of up in the air with that defense, but it did – it played well, right, against against the Phillip Rivers who, let's be real, Phillip Rivers is hanging on, hanging on by a thread, right? Like he's still – you can see glimpses of that old Phillip Rivers, but it's not there anymore, right? Like if – if new uh not New England, if Indianapolis really wants to make be a threat in the in, in the AFC, they really need to think about that quarterback situation because Phillip Rivers is still he can he can still ball, but it's not there anymore. It's not what it used to be. So you got they got to figure out that situation. But they still hung in there and they only lost by three points, right? Like again, it was a situation where they had to go on it for fourth and a hail mary in a prayer, right? Like so. Right now, I'm just still looking at how well Josh Allen is going to develop in this, right? Like, because now it doesn't get any easier, right? Like, I am one of the few people who think Josh Allen probably will get to the AFC Championship game, right? Like, I, depending on the route, because they have to go, they don't have, it depends on where, um, who who's the sixty? Uh, it depends on where Cleveland and Pittsburgh end up winning, where right? it depends on where that end up winning, right? Because right now, they if uh, Cleveland wins, then they have to. Then Buffalo has to go to. Um, Buffalo has to go to. No, they don't have to go in there because they're the two seed, so they get to stay home. If they if Cleveland wins, they go to Buffalo, so they would end up being the divisional round, and then they'd end up going to see who goes to um, meet Kansas City. So I don't know if they can beat Kansas City because while Patrick Mahomes might not have lit up the scoreboard like he did last year, he's still Patrick Mahomes and still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So I don't know if he can do that. But still, it is one of the highlight stories of the league on where they will end up falling at. And I think the probably the biggest story outside is the Lamar Jackson situation, right? Like Lamar Jackson, again, I feel like it's a little bit unfair to Lamar, right? Like because – I've seen a lot of people talk about how, you know, it depends on where he does right now, right? Like, because last year he was MVP, number one seed, the road to the Super Bowl had to go to Baltimore, and he doesn't look great going against um, 
Tennessee, right? Like Tennessee ends up beating him at their own game, right? Like they ended up beating him at the play action, running ball. Ryan Tannehill looked better than him in that game, right? Outside of that fourth quarter where, yeah, he kind of came back and looked better, but it still wasn't the same, right? And I see a lot of people doing that whole, you know, well, if Lamar Jackson doesn't win this one, is it time to, for the uh, for him to start looking for a new job? Is it time for them to start shopping him around, right? Like, first of all, why would you want to shop around a guy that you tailor-made your offense for, right? Like, I will still say this, and I will still say this to this day. Lamar Jackson needs a true number one receiver. Like, I, Marquise Brown is very good. I think he can be that, but right now I don't see him as a number one receiver. Like, they need a true number one receiver. Like, Marquise is really only known – like, and I – He's really only known for, like, a deep threat or a quick route, right? Like, he, you don't have, like, that guy that you can throw to to get those yards that you need. Like I said, like, again, Josh Allen, once they got Stephon Diggs, what happened? He got better. He worked on it, but he got better. Like, Lamar Jackson this year has, has been a way better passer in the pocket than he has ever been in his career, right? Like, he still runs, you know, he still runs because he still uses his legs. He's not going to not do that. But against the, uh, against the Browns, he ended up beating him with his arm, right? Again, taking him for who they played against the Bengals, he did shred them apart from the pocket, right? Like, so they ended up still running for, like, 400 yards on him. But still, like, they ended up be he ended up beating him from the pocket. So he is getting better as a pocket passer. He just needs, like, that true number one receiver to help him out. But I am not one of those people that say, like, oh, Lamar Jackson uh, needs to win this playoff game to prove himself, right? Like, again... Peyton Manning went 0-4 in his first playoff games before he got his win, right? Like before he got a win. Right? Like, this, and people say that he's one of the gropes, right? Like, people say this about Peyton Manning. Like, Peyton Manning didn't go to the championship game until he won that Super Bowl and had that Super Bowl run with the Colts. Like, you have to look at it in an in insult thing, right? Like, Lamar Jackson, again, especially his rookie year where he started in halfway in the season and he's a rookie quarterback going against, at that time, a very high-powered defense. And I always, I always keep – guys, I know. I keep always saying I say San Diego, but I go, it's it's uh, now Los Angeles. But, again, for half of my life, it's been San Diego. So I'm going to keep saying – I'm going to get better at not saying San Diego Chargers. But the Los Angeles Chargers, when they beat him, when they he threw, like, three interceptions, right? Like, he was a rookie quarterback, his first playoff game. He's only only started four actual games. So – at the time, like, yeah, last year, I will say, he did look a little frazzled, right? Like, he did look like the lights were a little bit too bright on him, and he tried to do too much, right? Like, he tried to be like, okay, I'm going to show everybody that I can be a pocket passer. I'm going to show everybody that I can, you know, win the game with my arm, not so much my legs. And it looked, and he did end up failing at that part. So, I think the idea that Lamar Jackson, you know, if he doesn't win this playoff game, then, you know, are we looking at him as, you know, one of the busts, like, are the people right for saying that he should have been, you know, switch positions and go on to be a wide receiver and running back? Like, I don't think so. I think that people love to try to do that because of the fact that they still just don't really like the fact that Lamar Jackson did not do what they told him to do, right? Like, I think that's the secret underline of it, right? Like, that Lamar Jackson sat there and said, hey, no, I'm going. I'm a quarterback. I'm not switching positions. I'm not going to be a receiver or running back or anything. Like, I'm a quarterback, so. And then – their course is the game that's close to my heart. Um, this one's weird, right? Because like, if you ask football analysis me, no, I do not think the Bears have a shot to beat the Saints. 
But at the same time, I will say this. The Saints have been a very weird playoff team, right? Like, people forget about, again, Beast Quake, right? Like, they lost, again, they lost to that 7-9 Seattle team, right? Like, when they were looking like they were going to be, you know, going on another Super Bowl run. The miracle in uh, Minneapolis when Stephon Diggs caught the ball and he ran it for a touchdown with, like, no time left. The uh, questionable play, the questionable play action pass against um, the Rams against him. Yeah, that one was more of the ref's fault than it was on their end. But still, the Saints have had this weird thing about playoff runs where they don't look as dominant as they did in the where they don't look as dominant as they did in the regular season, right? So it's just one of those things where if you're a Saints fan, you're looking at this like Ugh, you're a little nervous, right? Because I will say this, right? Like Mitch, Mitch has looked better over the few games, right? Like, and a lot of people are saying, like, well, it's against bad defenses, against horrible teams. Like, you look what happened when he played the Packers. Like, yeah, they, again, when that game against the Packers, right? Like, they dominated in time of possession. They dominated on the ground. Like, they were better on offense than the Packers were. Like, the only problem was they never scored touchdowns. Like, they had to settle for field goals, right? Like. Once they between the twenties, they were perfect, right? Like they were best, they were better team than Packers were that time, right? Like they again, you go four for five on fourth downs, right? Like just, just think about that. In one game, you go four for five and fourth downs, right? Like, and it wasn't just like, oh, hey, it's short down for like no, those were fourth and fives, fourth and fours, like four and threes, right? Like where you had to end up throwing the ball in those spots. I think the problem was Mitch tried to do too much again, right? Like he he, it looks like whenever he has like an opportunity to try to be like a quarterback, try to win it with his arm, he tries to do too much, right? Like that interception was again, one of those where it's just like, <sighs> really? But then he has plays like he does against Darnell Moody when he throws it like 53 yards and Darnell catches it, like makes a fic- uh, spectacular catch, right? But again, when he made that catch, they only got three points out of it, right? Like, especially when you're going against a powerful off uh, offense in the Packers, right? Like who scored on almost every down they had, you had to keep pace with that. And I don't think they did. So when you look at that, like if they can do that, right? Like if they can just run the ball because they're going to need to run the ball because Darnell Mooney is out. Uh, they've downgraded him to out for this game. Sadly, Roquan Smith may miss the entire playoffs. If they make it past the Saints, he may miss the entire playoffs because of the shoulder injury injury. Um, and that Saints, the Saints offense is going to get a uh, two big boosts back because they're getting Alvin Kamara back. Actually, <laughs> wait, they're getting their entire running back room back after all of them got the COVIDs. I'm still trying to figure out how that happened, right? Like, if listen, guys, New Orleans, look at me. Look, look, we we gonna talk. If y'all just wanted to rest them, all you had to do was just say, "Hey, we're going to rest Alvin Kamara. We're going to rest Le'Veon Mur- Latavius Murray." That's all y'all had to do. Y'all didn't have to say the entire room got the COVID. So they they uh so all the running backs are back. Um also Mike Thomas is back. He's off off of IR cuz they put him on IR early in the season so that made him eligible for the playoffs now. So he's back. So they're getting essentially all of their weapons back in just in time for the playoffs. But like I said, it's something about the playoffs and the Saints that is very weird, right? Like even even at home, right? Like where the Saints have been known for be unbeatable at home. It's something about the playoffs that I don't know if they can truly, like, capitalize on. It's like, again, 
all it takes is one weird play, right? Like it takes one, you know, miss uh miscatch, one bobble, right? And the Bears win it. Do I think that's gonna happen? No. I think the Bears I think their magical run has kind of come to an end. I think that they are a little bit overmatched in this point, especially with no Roquan Smith, right? Like he's probably been one of the best uh, linebackers in the league who got snubbed for playoffs. I mean, not playoffs for a Pro Bowl, even though they're not going, but he still got snubbed for it. But it's just, I think that this is right now where the Bears, you know, kind of come home to roost, right? Because <clears throat> I think a lot of people said this, and I'm going to echo it, right? When it comes to quarterback, they did not pick them well, right? Like Ryan Pace, I think a lot Ryan Pace gets a lot of flack for not being able to pick a good quarterback, but I think overall as dra- as a draft scouter, he done he's done his homework well, right? Like again, Roquan Smith, Eddie Jackson, Darnell Mooney, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tariq Cohen. Again, he's he's hit on he's hit on a lot of drafts. It's just like when he had one of the most important ones he missed was. Um, the quarterback. So do I think he deserves to be fired? No, but I think again it's just one of those things where now those bad decisions come home to roost where you actually need a playoff a playoff run out of a quarterback. Um uh yeah, I think it's time. I uh, someone asked is is it time for them to move on from Mitch? Yeah, I think it's time. Like I, I appreciate what Mitch, what Mitch did. Like he put together a nice little tape for him for you know to shop around for Again, like again, like people, he's not—he's not a unrestricted free agent. He's still a restricted free agent. Yeah, they had the COVID. They, you know, they, they legitly did have the COVID. I don't know how they got the COVID. I don't know how the entire room got the COVID, but some somebody somehow got the COVID and ended up going to work and kept giving it to them. So their entire running back room got the COVID somehow. But um, I think this, like those last few runs he put together, especially after getting benched, he. He's put together a strong tape to be like, hey, I can be either either a capable backup or a nice little bridge quarterback. Who knows? You know, I'm going to say this, and a lot of people aren't going to agree with it, but I don't. It's my show, so whatever. Uh, I think he should go to New Orleans. I mean, not New Orleans, uh, New England. I think if he goes to New England, I think that Bill Belichick has the capability to actually mold him into a better quarterback than a lot of people think he is, right? Like, because... He has what this new age quarterback is, right? He has a decent arm. He has very good legs. He has a very he's capable of escaping, right? Like he, but he needs like a good mindset coach, right? He needs a coach that's going to teach him, like in Josh Daniels, in Bill Belichick, right? Like a coach that's going to, you know, further improve him, right? Like I don't think, again, the offensive guru that is Matt Nagy got through to Mitch in a way. So I think. If he goes to like a New England, I think Mitch will actually thrive there until they find like their next quarterback, right? Like he can be like their bridge quarterback because I don't think Cam's going to be there again. But yeah, I think if he goes to New England, he actually will do well. But yeah, no. Um, as far as who they should get, I don't know because again, not again the Bears, which is why I kind of. Yeah, exactly. Like, which I kind of, which I'm kind of upset about, because like they ended up keep, they ended up winning more than they should have, and they ended up knocking themselves out of the possibility of getting a good quarterback, right? So, uh, they also don't have the capital to buy a quarterback in the free agency. Like, there's not going to be any good one. Like, maybe if they get, I don't see, maybe if they get Jimmy Garoppolo, like he could come back home and do a decent amount, but. 
Okay, so here's the thing, right? I, I was going to say this later, but thanks for John bringing it up. The Deshaun Watson thing is going to be – the Deshaun Watson thing is very interesting because if he does come to Chicago, he will succeed if they keep Allen Robinson, right? Because the problem is you don't want to – you don't want to take Deshaun Watson who came out of Houston who has every right to be mad, right? Like – you trade away a guy in DeAndre Hopkins because you think, oh, okay, hey, we really don't need him. Like, it's really your, it's really, you know, we really don't need him. Not only saying that, you trade him away, but then you say that the reason why you trade him away because he was a distraction on the team and he felt like, I can't even believe he said this. Bill O'Brien said that it felt like he was uh, back with Aaron Hernandez when he was in New England. <laughs> Like the guy again, Aaron Hernandez, the guy who killed people on his part on his days off in the NFL. Oh yeah, DeAndre Hopkins because he had baby mamas around. Dear Lord, is this your first time in the NFL? Anyway, but I think Deshaun Deshaun will succeed here in Chicago because, again, Chicago is a nice fit for him. He has a very good run game, right? In David Montgomery, right? Like it has a very good, you know, they're going to get Tariq Cohen back. They have a very good defense, right? And especially in Houston where he would essentially get wasted, right? Because Houston's in a rebuild mode, right? Like once you get rid of a GM, once you get rid of a coach, like once those two go are gone, you're automatically in a rebuild mode, right? Like so guys like a J.J. Watt, guys like a Deshaun Watson, guys like a Whitley Merciless, they become draft capital. They become players capital. Like they become more chips than they do players, right? Like you can trade away a Deshaun Watson and get like a first round a few first round picks, right? Like you can trade away JJ Watt, get a few first round picks. You can trade away Whitley Mercer's, get the first round and second round picks, and you can build the team how you want. Because what you don't want to do is you don't want to pay a guy money who's unhappy because then he's already, then that means when it's time for his contract to come up, he's already going to be gone if you already just squandered more money on him, right? Like you're going to, again, it's going to be a messy divorce either way, but it's going to be a, a divorce, right? Like, what the song say? It was cheaper to keep it, but it ain't gonna be cheap to keep. It's uh, it's gonna be actually cheaper to get rid of Deshaun Watson just at the end of the day, because you can rebuild the team up the way you want to do it, right? Like again, and you're in Houston, so you have, again, Houston, no state tax, so that's already a good sign for players to come there, right? Like all the money you make, you make, right? Like there's a reason why James Harden went to Houston that first time, not to win the championship, because he can make money and keep it. So, yeah, like, I think he would be a good fit for Chicago, especially if Matt Nagy does not decide to bring back the pay, play calling, right? Like, the play calling has been so much better without Matt Nagy in it, right? Like, Bill Lazor has – I was shocked. I didn't think Bill Lazor was going to be good because he was in those Miami days where they weren't as great. So, for him to be as good as he is calling plays, it's way better. So, yeah, I mean, if they look at it, but again – I also need to see, like, what draft capital they have. Like, they do have a good first-round pick they can trade away, but what else would they want to trade away, right? Because you don't want to trade the farm away and end up having very less. Because then if you trade the farm away, then you, you pick up Watson, he's still in the same he's still in the same position that he was in Houston. So, But that's also still just a, a temporary fix for a problem, right? Like, you still need a franchise-level quarterback, and – while Deshaun Watson is still good, he is getting up there in age, right? Like, his body, after taking beatings in Houston behind a terrible offensive line, how many downs does he have left, right? Like, you don't want to get him 
and then you know two or three years now down the line he's hurt right so you gotta you gotta you know be smart about this like if you do pick him up you do have to look at a younger quarterback maybe someone in the draft who but again all the top quarterbacks i'm looking at are going to be gone so trey lance again trey lance out of the dakota he's good but we haven't seen a lot of plays from him right like we've only seen like one or two games of him so that's hard to say right like versus like guys like again trevor lawrence who i'm not gonna say he choked in that game but i will say this i'm pretty sure somebody from jacksonville told him don't you go and win that game don't you they they listen they wrote a check they wrote a they wrote a number on a piece of paper slid him that number and once he saw how many zeros he was gonna get he didn't win that game so but yeah no outside of those few quarterbacks i don't know who's gonna who who would be worth the pick so again and i still see like again i still see that as what's gonna happen uh far as the score for the game uh uh i'm gonna i'm gonna say 31 20 saints wins right like i think that's i think i think that's gonna be it i don't know how the bears are gonna do it, but i think 31 20 is gonna be a good level where the bears will end up losing that game right like so and then they're gonna have to go in all season figure out what they're gonna do but they need to keep ar they need to keep Allen robinson um speaking of off season for a lot of teams the off season started way earlier and they fired a lot of head coaches um so one of the names that of course and every time they fire head coaches it always comes back on to the Rooney Rule situation and where uh, African-American head coaches, are they going to do the whole thing where they just interview them but don't give them the job because they already have the guy in? You know. So, again, for people who don't know what the Rooney Rule is, the Rooney Rule is that you at least have to hi- uh, interview a, min- a minority head coach, not just an African-American coach, you know, Latino, you know, a, a minority head coach, right? Because at the time the NFL looked and they saw a lot of white coaches and then Art Rooney – for the um, Art Rooney and the Rooney family from the what's that Raiders looked in they were the first team to hire like an, a minority coach when he was uh, hired a Latino coach and they said like well we need more head coaches and then they of course they hired him more and more so but the only problem is now is that the, the the teams that they fired are very much up in the air right like now I will say this like the best African-American coach out there right now is probably Eric Bieniemy right like Eric Bieniemy the guy who Again, the guy who took uh, Matt Nagy's job when he went to go to Chicago as the offense coordinator behind Patrick Mahomes. Like, like I've said it before, like, that is the guy you need to hire, right? Like, you hire him as an offense, but you don't give him the call. You don't give him the points to call plays, right? Like, because Eric Bieniemy, I think, is – Eric Bieniemy, I think it is is probably the best coach out there right now, right? Like, you have a guy who coached Patrick Mahomes to a play uh, – to one of his best seasons ever – Last season, he, you know, wins MVP for the Super Bowl, wins the Super Bowl, 50 touchdowns, all of those things. You have him leading that high-powered offense, so it's very it's very much up in the air. So right now, I would say, like, Airbnb is probably the best spot. A lot of people say, like, where are the best spots for him to go? Um, I'm going to say this, and a lot of people are going to be turning their head sideways towards this, but I'm going to say Atlanta. And there's, like, a few reasons why. Like, a lot of people say, like, oh, well, he should go to Jacksonville because Jacksonville has, you know, the number one pick. They have, like, $100 million in caps. And, like, this is true. But um, let's say Jacksonville, let's just say this, has a hard time with uh, certain players, certain people 
for my podcast listeners, certain people look like me playing it, right? Like, remember, like, the time frame, um, I always joke about this, but remember in Jacksonville, the reason why they had three African-American uh, quarterbacks is because they didn't want the people calling for the backup. Yeah, they remember that time they had Byron Leftwich starting, and he was doing great. He was winning uh, AFC South when Peyton Manning was still in the AFC South. He was doing great. He was winning games, and they still kind of looked sideways, just like, you know, we probably could get somebody else. So, and so I don't think Jacksonville will work. I think Atlanta is probably the best spot for him because really for like two, maybe three reasons. Uh, one, Atlanta, Atlanta as a team uh, does one thing that I don't think a lot of NFL teams do. They – really only uh, targeted black people, right? Like Atlanta, as we know, you know, Atlanta is the hub for black people, right? But Atlanta, you know, specifically targets African-Americans, right? Like Arthur Blank went down there, said when he bought the team, said, yeah, we're going to target a bunch of black people, right? Like, because even before, like, if you ever been to um, the Atlanta stadium, like the Mercedes-Benz stadium in Atlanta, right? The Georgia Dome is, is nothing but a club, in a football stadium, right? Like what they say in dr- uh, drum line, like halftime is game time, right? Like that's really what the Georgia Dome is, right? Like especially this year where the Atlanta Falcons were terrible, <laughs> when the Atlanta Falcons were terrible, they that all it was was club was game time, right? Like people didn't even go for the game, they went for the boxes, they went to the eat, they went to go oh, oh, party, right? Like in Atlanta, especially in Atlanta, because Atlanta has very much been when it comes to sports teams, it has a problem with keeping, you know fans together because a lot of times if you ever go to like atlanta atlanta is very much a hub of like where people go not too many people you know stay there right like you know you hear like every time i go to atlanta i hear like oh i'm from chicago oh i'm from uh, indianapolis oh i'm from new york right like atlanta has very much more as more of the hub so it's not so much like people from atlanta stay there right and even the people from atlanta don't really you know do the whole sports team right like the atlanta hawks right even when they had like neek and they were good atlanta hawks weren't really like the team right and then you look at Atlanta, right? Like, again, they had the blackest quarterback ever. They had my man Mike Vick, who came out there with cornrows from uh, Virginia, right? Like, he was there. Arthur Blank specifically targeted African-Americans, right? Like, and if you want to do that, then go get your first African-American head coach, right? Like, you go there, you pick him up, and he had – and, like, the thing is, like, you, it's not like you don't have any weapons. That's my number two spot. Like, they have – the draft cap like they have the number five pick so they can pick up a young quarterback if you want to get rid of Matt Ryan right like I think Matt Ryan has not so much you know not so much expanded his time frame but I think a lot of people after that whole debacle in the Super Bowl where they gave up uh when they lost after having a 25 point lead over New England this is gonna make somebody happy over New England you know he kind of you know for a lot of people Eh, they kind of just fell off on him. So I think it's time to move on from him. And you still have very high-powered weapons. You still have Julio Jones. You still have Calvin Ridley. You still have Hayden Hurst. You have Todd Gurley, right? Like, you have a good offensive line. You have a a good-to-good, great defense, right? Like, you have a good-to-great defense in Atlanta. So you have Atlanta looks like a prime, prime team because if you can get somebody who coached the Patrick Mahomes. So, like, if you get somebody, and let's just say – you know, I've been reading a lot of too early uh, draft mock drafts, and they're saying that they will end up either getting um, Justin Fields from Ohio State or Zach Wilson from BYU. And I really think they should go get um, Justin Fields more than Zach Wilson. I'll explain why later. 
just I think Justin uh, Justin Fields has a better upside than Zach Williams, right? Like I see Zach Williams a little bit more on the Taysom Hill side versus like him being like a better quarterback. Like he has thrown a lot of pretty balls against BYU, but again, it might be a little bit more of a project with him. And it depends on like if you want to put Atlanta there and want to win now, especially going against quarterback, like especially going against, you know, Tom Brady two times, Drew Brees two times, right? Like you need a quarterback that can keep up. And I think Justin Fields is a little bit more better than Zach Wilson because again, Justin Fields high school coach said he's the best player I've seen and I've coached Cam Newton. Now, I don't know if y'all know how, how much of a monster Cam Newton was in high school, but let's just say there's a lot of football records in Georgia. Cam Newton's name is behind most of them, right? Like, and Justin Fields broke a lot of those records. So, but yeah, so I think Justin Fields work and it goes to my number three because Zach, I think Zach Wilson, like I said, is a good quarterback, but I think he's too much of a project, right? Like, I think he's too much of a, you know, up in the air issue. Whereas Justin Fields is a little bit more, you can drop him in from day one and he can play because he has, because he has a stronger arm that, you know, especially after watching the game against Clemson, right? Like where he has a better arm than I think a lot of people want to give him credit for, right? Like he has, he has a better feet than I think Trevor, uh, Trevor Lawrence has because the fact Trevor Lawrence is, you know, a little bit more of a, of not so much a statue quarterback, but he can move, but I don't know how good that's going to be when he goes against guys that can run at linebacker that can run just as fast as him. So I think that, I think that why I think Airbnb would probably be the best spot for Atlanta would be for him because again, you would have every pay, every capability to have them to win. Like I said, you want if you want even if you want to say let's just say you can do the weird thing which would be to trade away Julio Jones. Right, like you trade away Julio Jones, you can still go get a receiver, perfect receiver like Devontae Smith, right, like a Heisman. You can go get the guy uh, in Jared Waddle. You can go get Rashad Bateman, right? You can go get receivers in this like this. This draft year is stocked with receivers you can pick up. So if you want to trade him away and just rebuild that team, you can rebuild that team and still be able to compete. So I think Eric Bieniemy should definitely go to Atlanta because it would be the perfect spot for him. So uh, just other coaches who got fired. Well, of course, <laughs> of course. Um, the coach who got fired was Adam Gase in in uh, New York Jets. And that's why I said, like, a lot of people were upset. A lot of people were upset that he got, <clears throat> that he won so that way he could win a game, so that way they get near Trevor Lawrence. The top two teams who have the uh, picks, you know, in Jacksonville and New York, they both are – have a more better issue with the fact that they said they don't have very good front office management. So like you can go and get a guy like Trevor Lawrence, but the problem is, can you develop him? Right? Like yes, Trevor Lawrence is probably one of the generational talents we have in the league right now, but it doesn't matter if you can't, you know, develop him. Well, you don't s surround him with receivers, especially in New York. New York has no receiver. Like again, their top receiver was Frank Gore and he came out of the backfield and he was like 41. Right, like uh, I love my man uh, Braxton Berrios, but he's not a true number one receiver, right? So you don't have those, you don't have those true number one receivers, and you don't really have the money to go out and get a number one receiver either. So when you look at New York, they actually did a good thing by losing that. They can go and get somebody like a Jamar Chase, right? Like go get somebody like a Devontae Smith, go get somebody like a Jared Waddle, who can help, you know, 
Sam Darnold actually be better? Because Sam Darnold is not as bad as people like to think that he is, right? Like, Sam Darnold is actually really good. But um, you have places, you have, and especially in Jacksonville, right? Like, Jacksonville fired their head coach, who really should have been fired a few years ago when he he and uh, Tom didn't want to go get a guy like Colin Kaepernick to win that Super Bowl that year, right? Like, people forget, like, the year, um, what's his name? Oh, Blake Blake Bortles had one of those best years where he took the team to the uh, AFC Championship game, which he really didn't. It was really that defense, and that defense actually held him up because he was the anchor around that defense. Because that that defense could have been legendary, right? That that Saxonville defense with you had Clayus Campbell, uh, Julius Randle. Not Julius Randle. What's his name? I forgot his name. from uh, The one from Florida State. He, he was out there. You had uh, A.J. Aboye. You had uh, Miles Jack. You had all of those guys. That, Jalen Ramsey, that's his name. Jalen Ramsey, you had all of, you had all of those Jalen Ramsey. You had Jalen Ramsey. You had Aboye. You had Miles Jack. You had Clayus Campbell. You had a defense that was stacked, and you could not win because you didn't want to get a quarterback that actually could win you a game. And then you blamed it on Jalen Ramsey and said, well, we're not going to pay you because you couldn't come through at the end. That's not his fault. But yeah, but those coaches deserved it, and especially and the most coaches deserved to be fired this year was uh Matt Patricia. Like Matt Patricia deserved to be fired, and that whole front office deserved to be cleaned up and get out, right? Because the reason why they fired Jim Caldwell in the first place is because he wasn't winning enough for them. Granted, Jim Caldwell is the only, had one losing season in his entire run there, and he was the only person to get you back to the playoffs since '90. Since I was negative one, I just kind of told my age there, but it's whatever. It's whatever. <laughs> it's whatever. But yeah, since nineteen ninety, he got you. He was the last, he was the first coach to get you to the playoffs, and you fire him because he wasn't winning enough. Because you go and get somebody who you thought was going to be better in uh, Matt Patricia, right? Like Matt Patricia, who again, it's a great defensive head-minded coach, right? Like very good, right? As I said before. The Bill Belichick tree is strong, but the branches are weak because there has not really been one coach from the Bill Belichick tree that has succeeded, right? Like Charlie Weiss had a few good years in in Notre Dame, but that was about it. So yeah, so no, so you have to do, so you have to do that. So like if, so uh, who do I think should go and be in Detroit? Um, I'm going to say this and people are going to laugh at it, but I want to say Raheem Morris, right? Like if Atlanta... It's really truly about thinking about cleaning it up. I think they should go get Raheem Morris. He came in and did a really good job when they fought when uh, Atlanta fired their head coach midway through the season, uh, keeping that team together, right? Like because Atlanta could have fell apart because again, it looked like they were tanking, but they really weren't. They were actually trying sometimes. So, so I think Raheem Morris would be a very good uh, coach to put in there just to hold it together until they find out what they're going to do with that team, right? Because like, that team has, again, an issue with a, no quarterback, right? Like, they, I think they're moving on from Matthew Stafford, right? I think they're moving on from him. I think his time there is up, and which is going to be sad because he really was the key that held that team together for many years. Like, even when they were terrible, he was still a very good quarterback. So, I don't know what they're going to do with that. So, like I said, the coaching carousel is always going to – it's always more fun – when even even when it's like not not many head coaches right like because there's always a spots where you look like that could be a good spot but we don't know but yeah i just say i think airbnb would be perfect in atlanta 
Um, speaking of Atlanta, I do want to give this shout out to the Atlanta Dream, the WNBA team, because they did something that I think a lot of teams want to do but are too afraid to do. Like, so <clears throat> I don't know if you guys have paid attention recently, but there was, you know, again, this whole little uprising that happened on Wednesday, as I like to call it, what happens when you tell white people no. Um, they had so when that happened, right? A lot of people don't know, like that was because uh, Reverend Raphael Warnock won one of the seats in Georgia, right? And he went and he beat um, Kelly Loeffler, and Kelly Loeffler owns the Atlanta Dream. Now, before everything happened, like Raphael Warnock was losing bad to Kelly Loeffler before um, she did, of course, one of the classic things white people do: take a picture with somebody and then end up being the KKK. And then when uh, <laughs> and then when um, they found out, the whole team, not just the like, not just the black players, not just the white, not just the white players, the whole team together put on vote for Wafia Warnock's uh, uh, shirts, and ended up being once they did that, he ended up uh, ended up raising up in the polls and beat her. Right, like now, granted, now why is this a sports story? Oh, I don't know because uh, Kelly Loeffler actually owns the Atlanta Dream. Right, she's one of the main owners of that. Right. And a lot of times, like a lot of people, especially in the WNBA, they don't get the credit they're due for the fact that they're a lot more active than the men, right? Like the uh, NF, like the NBA tends to do a lot of bit more stuff, but they don't. They tend to do more of the let's not be too radical. Whereas the WNBA, like I don't care, right? Like a lot of the WNBA when um, they were kneel, they would kneel, right? They would kneel. They wore we can't breathe shirts. They had when Jacob Blake got shot, had the shirts with the bullet holes in the back of it when uh, they walked out on a few games, right? Like, people talk about Giannis and walking out on that playoff game. Like, a lot of WNBA teams walked out on a lot of games, and I don't get think they get the credit they're due for it because, again, I think a lot of people don't watch in, uh, WNBA games. So, <clears throat> and right now I think the important part is they're getting her out of there, right? Like, I think it would be in the best interest of the Atlanta Dream to uh, sever ties with uh, Kelly Loeffler because you're only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse from there on, right? Because at a certain point, what's going to happen? She is she's going to try to either fire all of them or make it so terrible that they leave, right? Like, and I hope that she gets she they that the Atlanta Dream buys her out, whatever does whatever they need to do to get her out because they need to get her out of there because I feel like she will do um, very much damage in that team. And I know a lot of people are saying that LeBron is trying to put a coalition together to buy it out of them. I really hope they do because I really think they deserve the credit that they deserve. And, like, I hope they win the title. I hope they do everything possible because that was one of the bravest things I've seen. But since we are on the NBA, um, the NBA is going back to a bubble from what I from what I've reading, right? Like, like they're, they're in talks about it. They said they might do it as early as February. That they say they're going to go back to the Florida bubble because, which is weird because cases hasn't really rises in the N NBA like that, right? Like cases have been kind of uh, leveled out, right? Like I mean, there's some up there, right? But of course, like there's still more concerns that a lot. Sixers just had half of their half of their players with COVID cases. Well, I mean, it's the Sixers. I mean, they probably they had they probably had too many bad Phillies, the Philly cheese day. Okay. But no, nah, but uh, no, nah, I think it's smart to go back anyway because I just think, I'm again, I'm more shocked, more shocked that I'm not shocked that uh, half of Houston doesn't have COVID because James, 
I don't know if y'all noticed this, but James Harden has been wild. Like James Harden has been wild since he couldn't get his divorce from Houston, right? Like, like a lot of like he went to Vegas to work out and then ended up getting a little chain from little baby, right? He's been to strip clubs multiple times, right? Like people always said, like, why did James Harden go to Houston? Two reasons: for money's and strippers. Uh, and he still has tested negative. Like what? What? What are you drinking? He's being safe out there while slapping butt. Exactly. <laughs> he doing something good because he. I'm like, bro. What? 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 What secret you got? I mean, at least he can go there for wings like Lou Pepper. Like Lou. Williams. No. Okay. See. So no. The Lou Williams thing is more funny because you go. You. 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 you he gets an excuse to leave the bubble to go to his fun- to go to his grandfather's funeral. He says, "I got hungry, so I went to the strip club." The funny thing about it is. The strip club you go to, not only do you go there a lot, they have a sandwich named after you. First of all, how you... (laughs) First of all, you got a sandwich after you and you don't go get the wing. You get the wing, so so that means your sandwich not that good if if your name's safe. You probably probably had that sandwich all the time. You don't get the dancing all the time. Yeah, well, yeah. But still, (laughs) you go get the wings. But no, I think the bubble would be good because it locks down players. And I think for coaches, it even helps because now you can say, like, okay, now we're in a bubble. Now you have to focus, right? And plus, you wouldn't get Kyrie Sage and Kyrie Sage and the. Uh, but see, here's the thing: when you Kyrie, how you gonna say to a place you brought the negative energy to? <laughs> you was the one that said you wanted out after they. You the, you got hurt. Then you like you the one that brought the negative energy there. How you saging it? That's very true. <laughs> I can't lie with that. <laughs> it's the truth. I don't think the bubble's gonna be good on other people. Just mental. Oh, you know how that went. Like. Well, yeah, last time. But again, I think, especially now, because it's not just a certain amount of teams, it's going to be the entire team because they still don't know how they're going to work it out space-wise because there's only a select amount of courts there, and, like, they're trying to play. Like, you can do that when it was just, like, six or well, 22 teams, right? You can have eight games here, eight games here, you know, three here. But now you have the whole league there. That's going to be almost impossible because it it also helps – Toronto because a lot of teams couldn't Toronto couldn't travel like they couldn't travel you couldn't go there you couldn't travel anywhere but it helps again but like I said like again it's still more the mental health aspect of it like our teams are going to figure out how they're going to work not only that it's just you still trapped in Florida so once you go in you can't come back out and not only that Florida you're about to get about to get very exploded because you're going to have the Super Bowl there Mm -hmm. you're going to have the NBA there you're gonna have WrestleMania there. Baseball's coming back. So like, and Florida still cases are still going up in Florida, yep. just like in general. So like, when I look at it, I'm just like, it's a good idea, but how are you going to isolate that, especially with all the extra traffic going down there? Do you think with them going into the bubble, they're gonna make it a mandate or mandatory for them to take the vaccine before going into the bubble? That is an interesting question because I will I will say this. All depends on which players take it. Because if a LeBron, a which Kyrie, they, which they were trying to get him to take, right? If they say no, which I, which I, Kyrie, I can see saying no anyway. Because Kung Fu Kyrie, he gonna open his third eye and gonna be like, I see the, mm-hmm. I see the, uh, he looked totally in All it. Of a he's Phil Jackson now. Right, exactly. But if like LeBron has like, even if LeBron kind of has like a little like, eh, I don't know, like then they would lose it, right? Because then if you if a guy who is the league is LeBron says, I don't know about having to take the uh, cure or the, the vaccine for it. He says, no, then it might be that difficult, but I don't think they can say you have to take this 
to be able to play because then if you do that then it comes down to where you know what if a player you know players you know certain players have certain religious things where they can't take it so if you say well i'm not going to take it right like then well why not well i'm jehovah witnesses and i don't believe in medicine and all that so now you now you're in a messy field of like well uh, can't, if we make him take it, then, you know, how's his religion? If we don't make him take it and we say he can't play, then we're trying to, you know, exile him because of his religion. So it's one of those things where it's like they may put up more stop gaps. I mean, like, because, again, people forget, like, in the playoffs, they had the snitch line. Yeah. So <laughs> they had the snitch line. So they may put it more incentives to be like, hey, if you, you know, you can, all right, you can play, but you have to at least take the test like before right. like you have to take the test before you can play like and if you even a segment of it pop up you have to go to the quarantine spot you have right. to you know there is no there would be no interaction between teams and players there would be no you know interaction between but that's what i'm saying like because the world of sport is not as big as people think it is right like the world of sports is it's big but in, in a sense of disney it's not you know huge right like so Again, you can have it so that 16 in the playoffs when they had the playoffs, you have 16 teams there which will fit. But now you're going to like you know 20 or plus. But even with those 16 teams, you have players from certain teams that didn't even want to go in the bubble. Right. And you kind of got like you know what I'm saying like half teams. Or whatever. So, but again, they can. But see, but the difference is now they should have did this before because now it's like, well, if you're going to go in the bubble, you can't opt out because whereas you can opt out before the season started, as in in like the NFL did, like MLB did. You can't opt out in the middle of the season because let's just say Steph says like, well, I got kids at home. I have a wife at home. I'm going to opt out. Right. Like so now, you know, you have that give that option to those players. So it's going to be weird. Like that's why I said like they said it could be as early as February, but I see it more. You see around like playoff time. I see it around playoff. Once they like I feel like this, like once they figure out, okay, these teams aren't going to make the playoffs. So your season's over just like they did before. Like your team, if you're like. If you're like eight seed, nine seed, ten seed, like if you're like you're and it's close, right? Like right. not like three games behind. If it's like two and a half, one, you might be able to get in there. So you see more after like the All Star. Yeah, like I feel like after All Star break, once they figure out okay which teams are which, because right now I don't even know because like again the Knicks are doing well, so we don't know how that's gonna work Julius out. Julius Randle, that's the guy right now, man. Julius Randle's and Tiz is just like all right, we don't. Yeah. It's all going to be good until the tears run him down to his knees. The Knicks culture is changing, man. The Knicks man, they co- <laughs> I mean, it took long. All it took was no fans there. See, with no fans there, they could play They could play bad and nobody would notice it. Well, I think it was all Spike Lee. I think it was a Spike Lee curse. Nah. 1991. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen. The dunk on Scott, Scotty Pippen dunk on Patrick Ewing, the Reggie Miller choke, Spike Lee's the reason why the Come on. I'm just, I'm just saying. Right yeah. now, we looking at it. I'm just saying. Who knew? Just getting him out of there. <laughs> listen, listen. Who Spike. Knew? Next thing you know, Spike will make a movie about a basketball, t- about a basketball team. You got next thing, part two. <laughs> exactly. You got a COVID part two. <laughs> you got a COVID part two. But now, uh, yeah, that should be fun. Uh, but no. And someone brought it up. Well, Houston. Well, it's uh. James, Hard- well, listen, listen. James Harden's been trying to get out of there now, so he don't even care. I'm gonna tell you this right now. James Harden, if uh, PJ Tucker, if PJ Tucker feel like James Harden saying something real disrespectful to him, PJ Tucker gonna have him off his feet. Yeah. Cause now, see, now I see Houston try to protect. You know, the Houston Rockets organization tried to protect him and try not to do no, try not to you know keep them apart. Now it's like, oh, you try to get out of here. PJ Tucker gonna be like, oh, you said something different. 
Because, again, P.J. Tucker on my Stay Ready All-Star team. If for the people who don't know what Stay Ready is, you ain't got to get ready if you, you stay, stay ready. ready. You stay ready. <laughs> so, P- you stay ready throwing that ball out of impressive. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's how you know it's like, whoop. Pete, listen, James Harden gonna throw that ball one hot, one time, a little too hard to PJ Tucker. Next thing you know, it's gonna be the Michael Jackson, uh, Steve Kerr thing. But Mike, uh, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Go, I was like, what? No, Michael Jordan. I said Michael Jackson. Yeah. Mike, Michael Jordan, Steve Kerr thing. But the only difference is, yeah. uh, PJ ain't gonna PJ yeah, ain't gonna yeah. come back and say, oh, listen, man, I'm sorry. No, he gonna be like, do it again. Yeah, I wish you would. <laughs> do it again. I, I, I wish you would. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but before I get about it, I do gotta talk about this because Monday is gonna be a. Very important game as far as college football goes. It's the college football playoffs final. Uh, number three, Ohio State. I mean, yeah, number three, Ohio State versus Alabama, number one. Um, we're going to see a holy beatdown on Ohio State because the pro- the problem with what happened in, against Clemson is that Ohio State offensive line is strength and Clemson is finesse. That's how they ended up getting beat because the thing with Brett uh, Venable's defenses is – they're confusing, right? Like they do a lot of pre-snap movement. You think somebody, you think it's cover two, they end up going to cover three. They do a lot of pre-snaps moving, and if you can't like dissect that as an off as a quarterback quickly either, then you're going to get beat. But the problem is like with Alabama is they're just as beefy and they're just as finessey as they are. And the problem is like, oh by the way, you know guy who won the Heisman, uh, Devontae Smith. Like yeah, he's like arguably the best college receiver right now, he was number two on the death chart. The number one receiver is coming, may or may not come back. He's been practicing, so he sounds like he's probably going to be back. Just imagine that. The guy who won the Heisman, the reward for being the best player in the college football world, was the number two guy on the offensive death chart in right receiver. And the number one guy is coming back. Like, people forget about that. Then that's and that's why I always say like when anybody says like ask me something like Alabama is a wide receiver you right they have dropped off some of the best wide receivers in the NFL Amari Cooper Julio Jones Calvin Ridley no Riley was in Georgia uh, Henry Ruggs Jared Judy right Jared Waddle coming out Devontae Smith coming out right they have and that's always been the knock that's why I always say like Alabama quarterbacks look good in college because they end up throwing to like people who are butt naked wide open. In college football, but then you see that uh, difference in the NFL when people aren't as open, right? Like, that's why I think Tua is going to have a – not so much have a hard time because I think Tua is a better quarterback than a lot of people make it out to be. But I think a guy like Tua, you can see, like, how it really hasn't changed, right? Like, how every time a new quarterback gets in there, nothing really changes, right? Like, they put Matt Jones in there, and he's he was up for a Heisman, right? Like, you take away his two receivers, Matt Jones is not in the Heisman category. But, yeah, I think – um, I think Ohio State stays with them for a while, but I don't think – I think over time they get, just get overpowered because I think Alabama's just receiving core is too big. Again, you got Najee Harris, a guy who's hurtling standing defensive backs, right? Like, what? Right, like, so you have that offensive line, that offensive line who is just as big, just as strong, but just as fast as that uh, Ohio State offensive uh, defensive line, right? Like, you have – all of these guys. And I feel sorry for um, Patrick Sertan. Like he's like one of the top cornerbacks uh, coming out of the draft this year at cornerback, and he has to go against those guys, those type of receivers. Jesus, I feel sorry for him. But yeah, I think Alabama. I think Alabama wins, and I think the story of Justin Fields is very, very interesting because like you have a guy who, like I said, 
a high school coach his high school coach said he's probably the best player I've coached and I've coached Cam Newton. Right? Like you have a guy in um who went to Georgia who saw who for some reason saw Justin Fields and said, Yeah, I got this. And Kirby Smart said, Nah, I'm gonna go with Justin Fields. I mean, uh, I'm gonna go with Jake Fromm, right? Like over Justin Fields. Like, and I don't uh, just and Jake Fromm's not a bad quarterback, but J- uh, Justin Fields is a diff- is eleven and one versus a guy in Jake Fromm who's ten and two, right? Like that that in that one game is a big difference, right? Like, because again, when Georgia and Alabama was in that um championship game a few years ago, and Nick Saban pulled uh, Jalen uh, Hurts and put into a tongue of Iloa. And he went on and won the game. He could have, uh, Kirby Smart could have did the exact same thing and put in Justin Fields and probably would have won that game. So, Justin, I think Justin, but also I think Justin Fields is playing for a little bit more respect, right? Because I think, especially in the Big Ten, because he didn't get the plays that they deserve because they only really played six games. So they really only had like a certain amount of time to like show off. In a sense, especially now with the college combine going to be digital the way it should, the way it's looking at, is like they're not going to have all the players there at once. It's going to be kind of digital hybrid thing. They're not going to be allowed to have pro days, so to speak. So this game is going to kind of uh, show what Justin Fields can do as a quarterback, right? Because I don't think he's going to hopscotch Trevor Lawrence anytime soon because I think Trevor Lawrence is just a generational talent. But I will say um, he can end up being – a quarterback, like I said, that could be a top five draft pick that could end up in a good situation, uh, probably a better situation than uh, Trevor Lawrence would be. So when you look at what this game means for him, it is a certain uh, a level amount of like, OK, I need to play a little bit better. Right. Like I need to play better. Right. Like and I don't know if you can play better than he did in the uh, semifinal game against Clemson. Right. Because like, Clemson, those guys aren't bad and they were getting beat horribly right like that one moonshot he did where the receiver was in the end zone and the ball fell perfectly in his hand and he beat two defenders like I don't know what is going to be like what else can he prove right so if you still think that Justin Fields is not a good quarterback because even though he did kind of sort of choke in the Big Ten title game against Northwestern where he did win they did win but it was only because like they rushed for like 300 yards and like uh, 200 of that was a uh, Trey Sermon, right? So you got to look at it through the lenses of that. So this game is going to be big, but it's still, I, I can't see, I, I don't see, I think Alabama is too big, right? Like that crimson wave that is Alabama is going to wash over them. Like they are, <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be fun, but it's going to be a long night for Justin Fields and that offense. So, but yeah, but ladies and gentlemen, that is my time here on Fluent Radio. Shout out to them for putting me on in the new year. It's 2021, guys. Trust me, we're going to get better because, again, the way we started off 2021 with them running up on the Capitol building, I don't think we can get any worse than that. So until next time, guys, y'all be safe out there. Uh, make sure y'all follow me on all my websites. I'm getting the, the, the page up for the, because I have a live mic. I had to redo it because somebody else has it. I don't even know how, but whatever. we're going to figure that out. But until then, guys, I will see y'all later. Two fingers. Deuces.